Hi guys, welcome back to the Mojo Maker Show. These are the Monday Mojo episodes that I film live on YouTube, the Vitality Coach TV on YouTube on Monday morning, midday, East Australian Eastern Standard Time. So these are usually very, very live, raw and real, and they go hand in hand with the Monday Mojo blog posts, the email that goes out to my tribe. You can sign up to that on the vitalitycoach.com.au. Don't forget to order your copy of my third book, Adulting the Rally of Life, online on the shop on vitalitycoach.com.au. So welcome to the next version of Monday Mojo. I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, it's given and written and provided in a way to help you get a toolbox, some tips, and some practical guides to navigate your way from chaos to calm and have you thinking a little bit differently on shifting some coordinates for a greater success and sustainability in what you're doing. So thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi guys, uh, welcome back to the Mojo Maker podcast and Vitality Coach TV. I'm your host, Nikki Fogdenmore, and I have a very, very special guest on my show today, born in France, living who knows where at the moment, we're going to find out very soon, making an impact on a global stage. You won't guess exactly where if I was to put a photo up right now, and that's the great challenge, but I'd like to welcome the French relationship expert and global coach to people on finding love in their life genuinely. Alex, come on. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, I'm really thrilled today that we get to kick off two episodes that we've chosen to talk about together in a, a deeper connection. And as we spoke about before recording, the importance of a journey and a personal story. And you'll know, uh, just a shameless plug with my new book, Adulting the Rally of Life, it's written around the journey of life, that it's a, a road. It's it's not a one straight line. And we all have this journey. And when I started connecting with you and I met you, I thought, wow, what's Alex's background? You know, now he's, he's like the Tony Robbins of dating and uh, he's on stage and he does coaching. He's very, you know, clear and confident and extremely experienced. But where did you grow up and what was your journey on discovering this purpose work now? I think that's really, really interesting. So getting in the driver's seat of your life hasn't happened overnight. And I'd love to hear, uh, you know, a little bit more as well, where you started in this journey. And if there was a pivotal moment where you realized that there was something far greater that you needed to be doing? Sure. So I am born and raised in Paris, so you can feel it with my French accent. (laughs) So you know what? I got two parents that was wonderful. And I'm saying it now because I didn't realize when I was growing up. But now that I'm a relationship expert, talking about love, education, I can just recognize that I had the best childhood possible. Why? Because my parents always pushed me to do what I love. And when I was a young kid, I loved to play basketball. My dream was to play in the NBA. My dream was to be a basketball player. And they pushed me. They helped me become a national basketball player when I was 19 years old and under. So basically, all my life was playing basketball. And in France, it's a little bit different than the U.S. And I think it's more like in Australia. You don't play for your school. You play for your city. So when I got 14, 15 years old, I moved from my parents' house to another city by myself to be in a, in a situation where we will just play with the best players of my age. And I was the happiest um, boy in the world. What really matters at this moment is I got 
a mentor coach, someone that was doing hypnosis, NLP exercise, and teaching me how to use my brain. But because I was so stupid at this age, I didn't realize what it was doing to me. You know, it was, oh, I have to go seeing him. I don't want to go. I prefer to play with the ball. And today, I just want to say thank you to this guy because of him. He helped me so much with my self-confidence. He helped me so much being who I am today and trying to have the right mindset because unfortunately at this age, I didn't understand exactly what he was giving to me. Well, I think... And when I got... Sorry, go ahead. I'm just going to pause you on that because that in itself is a really big topic for education. You know, the fact that high sport level put you inside a mental coaching capacity, the majority of children, we never get exposed to that, right? So we will loop back and put a little bookmark in that point because I think this is a crucial element for evolution and why we're dealing and coaching with the level we are now with this age group of undoing some of the big education around what it is to live and achieve in life. So this mental coaching that you didn't want to go to, now you can see was one of your greatest assets as a teenager, being independent, doing a sport you love and getting a vital tool for your perspective. It was giving me so much that I realized today, you know, uh, after a few challenges that I'm sure we talk about, But when you are in the moment, you don't realize how much chance you have, you know, to have these beautiful parents, to have this sport, to have passions, to have dreams, to have goals, and to have people that surrounding you that helps you um, achieve these dreams and goals. So I was just having the best life. I was just the happiest boy in the world. And the first thing that happened to me was when I got 19 years old, I broke my knee. And since that moment, your dreams, they don't exist anymore. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to find a way to change. Mm -hmm. And it would just, um, it would just be exactly what you've said. When I went to, when I was 19 years old, so I broke my knee, no sport. I have to continue to study. I have to follow what my parents always told me. Make sure that you have a plan B. Make sure that you go to school because you don't know what can happen in life. Yeah. So I went to college. And I realized that all the kids, all the people were so scared, scared to be themselves, scared to talk in public, scared to approach a girl, a boy. And I told myself, wow, this education from coming from basketball was so valuable. And this is how I started to write article on a blog, do some videos talking about my journey just for fun in the beginning. Do you feel and you were born with this level of awareness that you're talking about now? Like not every 19-year-old can look around a campus and associate conversations and people's reactions to an awareness that there's a lot of fear and inability for people to know how to be themselves. So there's limiting beliefs, right? So that's already in itself a reflection. Do you think you've always, as a younger child, had that little bit of intuition and good skills at reading people in the environment? That's a good question because I never thought about it. And I feel so now, now that you're talking about it, I can feel that I have this good intuition. You know, I had good relationship with people. I cannot tell people that didn't like me, not because I'm perfect, but just because I love, I genuinely love people. And this was coming from my father, because, you know, you always pick things from your environment. 
and my father, my teammates, my best friends, I just add this good environment and yeah. this good intuition also to build a relationship. So yes. I think so that ability and that mind coaching helps you harness that charisma that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had a certain depth. So to be at college and to start writing your blogs on relationships and being genuine and public speaking and how to ask a girl out. I mean, it is France, the art of seduction. <laughs> um, so what was your personal life like as a woke young man going through realizing that the majority of the population was still kind of in a certain railway tracks. What was that like for you? So for me, it was uh, blowing my mind. It was also a wake-up call, telling myself, okay, I need to do something with my life because I was seeing myself being a basketball player. I was doing great. And in just two seconds, my life changed completely. So when I get to, to college, you have some time to do some internship. Mm-hmm. I did an internship and I told myself, Honestly, I don't want to have a boss. No, that's just not for me. I'm so independent. I'm kind of a leader. I also want to make decisions in my life. I can't have a boss um, above me. And so I told myself, I need to do everything to create something that I'm passionate with. But I also told myself, I have to do a master's degree in human sciences. I have five years to figure out what I want to do. So it was for fun. To be honest with you, in the beginning, I was doing it for fun, just because I liked it. I was trying to work on my skills and it was just a hobby. So a lot of people listening to this right now are going to get, I'm just going to use the word triggered to some degree. You have this beautiful trajectory in life where you grew up in utopia, you got the top sports education, you were aware enough to harness it, and then you had no pressure. So you studied and you were like, oh, you know, I'm going to, maybe I'll do this, I'll do that, but it doesn't matter. But meanwhile, most people that have gone up feel from a very young age, an enormous amount of pressure to have to do things because what happened in generations is most parents imposed, we didn't get this, so you need to, or relationship habits and everything else. So yes, we can say you are one of the chosen ones. And you know, like my upbringing with in New Zealand, I think that level, a lot of people have called it naivety, but I like to call it a sense of wisdom, which is we're aware of human nature, but we still find the wonder in everything. And that's a real gift. Now that's come from our upbringing, right? But not everybody has had the no pressure and the feeling enough. So from a very young age, you already felt enough. So you couldn't fail. Did you have any internal fears during that time that you look back on now realizing you had to work through or were you pretty like laissez-faire as they say? I was pretty in the I was letting go. Okay, surrendering. Yeah, nothing was very important for me. And something that I did was also to sometime go against my parents, mostly my my mother's vision. She wanted me to do like this best study. So when you go to high school, you have to follow one specific thing in France where the best are going. And I told her, no, I want to go the second best. Because I know that I will have success and I can play basketball. So this gave me like a lot of chances to build my life. And she was mad. She was very, very mad. But I was so good at explaining myself. This is my vision. This is how I will build it. This is my plan A. This is my plan B. I know sometimes today I will give advice. Don't have a plan B because we want to focus on your number one goal. Don't have another goal because you want to direct your brain on the success. Yeah, but 
At this time, my mother was very really skeptical, so I had to try to work on it. I don't know if she let me or if I was very persuasive, but I always made my decision, always. Is your mother still alive, may I ask? Yes, she's still alive. She's my number one support. She you almost have to died. Ask her. You have to ask her yeah. that question. I'd love to find out. You have to say, Mom, did you let me do that or was I just confident and convincing? Because once again, your, your communication level at that age, your ability to be aware and realize that you had to convince your mother and your skills of articulation, you know, that's the top percent of vision. Not everyone knows what they want to be. And what I'm finding now as we go through this new age of leadership and the whole world is upside down is that people have kind of come up and they're like, holy crap, everything I thought I knew and I've been working towards is is like a broken knee. It doesn't, I have to pivot and do everything. And now all of a sudden I need to look at what I really want and how to actually articulate that without conflict. So most people are now where you were as a 19, 20-year-old or a 16-year-old trying to negotiate with decision makers in their life about what they truly want to follow. And it's a very scary place to be because they've got no evidence of the future, but then they don't want to be in the past. They're they're what I call the, the void, which is where you have to have faith. So somewhere in your life, you had built in faith in yourself. And now you teach people how to do that, right? So when you were going through this and you went to university and you got your degree, chances are some things unfolded on your path that you said yes to. Yes. So basically, the same situation happened again. I got my master's degree. I had this offer for a good job, well-paid. And I just told my mom, no, I want to become a relationship expert. And that's where she started to faint. And like she was, Alex, don't do it again. And she, so when I asked her what happened this day, she asked my hand to come and talk to me because she wanted to tell me, Alex, you need to take this job and stop with your entrepreneurship journey. But I was ready. How old were you then, Alex? I was 23 years old. 22. And the, the reason why I was ready, it's because one year before I lost my father. And that was the starting point of me stopping to be in my world, doing what I want in the let go situation. I don't remember the expression that you use, but I stopped this and I became a man. And I told myself, okay, I realized what is love. I realized my mistakes. I realized what I've done bad and good in my life. And I told myself, this is what I want to be. So when I told my mother, I want to become a relationship expert. I knew that she would, she would not like it. And she asked my aunt to come and talk to me, but they both understand that I was just, that was my journey. It was, it was more than basketball. It was more than anything because it was like a life mission for me. Yeah. And uh, here I am. Um, like and, now, years- and, now, and I'm sorry about your father, by the way, at 21 to lose your father when you have such a connection. But obviously you carry that spirit and, and his charisma and his ability to, you know, my dad's a bit like that. He's used to be in real estate and auctioneering. So he talked to everyone. That's where I got it from. The this, this sincere interest in anyone and in humans is just such a beautiful gift. So, you know, I'm sure he'd be very proud of you at the moment. I think now I don't want to ask how old you are because you and I claim to be ageless. Yeah. <laughs> That's our agreement. But now you have a global, very successful, over 50 million views on YouTube. You have a, a best-selling book. You have spoken on stage worldwide. You are constantly in demand on other shows and a leading expert 
and, and in relationships. And I think what you t- talk about in relationships is any kind of relationship, business or personal. But let's come back to how is your relationship with yourself as a man that had the courage to dare to pursue his dreams? And where, where were the challenges for you? Because right now it sounds like a Hollywood movie. Uh, And I know that you're a very genuine person and that there would have been things along the way. Were they from other people's reactions that disappointed you or were they, where were your disappointments along this, this rally of Alex's life so far? So to be honest, I was pretty shy right? uh, as a boy. And even today, if you put me in a room with people that I don't know, I will be shy. I will just be close to the wall, look at it, and then I will talk to people but it would take me a while. And so if I talk to you about my journey, of course, it will seem like a fairy tale, but, or like a dream movie. But in reality, it was, it was very difficult because first of all, you, you could be a coach because I got my master's degree. I did my coaching certification and everything, but being an entrepreneur is different. So you have to have these two hats that I call. So for me, what was very challenging was to become an entrepreneur, to be able to manage people, to be able to find clients, to get the right strategy. And it took me four years to get my first client. What, four was years. it the fact that you felt the difficulty putting yourself out there and having to, because, you know, that, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? With characters like us that are so charismatic, everyone thinks that we just sell ourselves all the time. But I think our natural energy is just part of that walking sunlight, right? We're lucky to have that, but that doesn't mean that we enjoy talking about what we do or, or this, this whole art of selling. And I want to bookmark the difference between a persuasion and alignment, because I think in society, there's been this whole, even as kids at school, we've persuade someone to take our opinion, steer a conversation. If you pitch something, even as little as, you know, not eating your vegetables and getting dessert, it's, it's our whole society is built on selling in what we really want, which is a very exhausting way to operate. But if you can come from a place of alignment and you find that flow, you're not selling anything. And to me, that's kind of what you got to and how you now work. Would that be accurate that you discovered your own pathway to attract your clients after you decided that all the other usual strategies weren't really for you? That was exactly the case, you know? And also there is something, I don't know the expression in the US, but you have the fear. You have the fear of not being good. You have the fear, oh, what happened if I can't help that person? What happened if I cannot give any advice? If I start quiet? And so you have all of these fears in your mind. Mm-hmm. So if you do a videos, if you write a blog, if you talk to people, they will not take you seriously. Specifically for a love coach, I was not the number one and I was not the first, but I was in the first one. So yeah. it was very special when you tell someone I'm a love coach. Even today, some people will laugh at me and it's okay. But at this time, I didn't know how to manage it. And what changed my life was the training. When I went to NLP, that was just blowing my mind. I just used the tool to reprogram the inner voice. And I decided that I would embrace my personality, my path, and my philosophy. Because I try to come up with ideas that are different. Well, there you go. You're following your own alignment, right? So Mm -hmm. generally, we all are put on this planet because we all have different ideas and skills and everything to contribute to co-create. 
But what happens is in traditional education and society that is blended out so that you fit into certain boxes. And I'm from someone that's never fit into a box, I'm only now looking back at my childhood and all the instances in my life that have shaped, I would use the word suppression or labeling. You know, I won, I remember winning best actress at school. And when I broke my tailbone snowboarding on a school trip, my teacher said, don't worry about her. She's an actress, right? So already just by being gregarious and being different. And I also had these intuitive gifts. So my mother would pack extra sandwiches for my imaginary friends as a kid when I was like four, but I already had these intuitive gifts. Friends of my father's would sit on the the big leather sofa during snooker and they would ask me questions and, but they were shut down and labeled and put as different things. So it's not till you look back that you realize that our programming and education um, suppresses that inner voice and we question it and then we, we sort of push it aside. So NLP helps you harness the difference between ego and subconscious and your true gifts. And when you're in alignment, which is what you do now, there's no effort, right? Which is, there is no effort. It's, it's effortless, correct? Yes. I would not say that it's easy every day, just no. for the people that listen. No, no, no. But I'm, effortless. But you, yeah. Yeah, it's effortless. It's magical. It's, it's just magical. I can yeah, tell. Magical, I can tell yeah. you it's magical. And to rebound on what you're saying, there is something that I did when I first started to be a relationship expert. And my, my friends, the people surrounding me, told me that I was crazy. I told them, I don't want to read books about love. Yeah, I don't want to get a book and tell what the others say because for me, it was too easy. Yeah. I just decided that I will coach and based on my coaching, I will come up with some specific ideas just to share exactly what I learned from the field. And that was specifically in France, but also for my friends in the US. Everyone told me that this is so stupid. You need to read books. You need to get to know what people said. And I said, no. And until this day, the, I just read one book about love. That's it. All the other book will be about human psychology, human mind, uh, neuroscience, everything, but not about love. And, you know, I have to say I'm exactly the same because when you're a creator of your own IP, it's essential that that purity exists. Um, and you can easily attribute to other authors, like I often talk about, you know, the courage to be disliked, or I talk about neurodiversity or neuroscience or different authors. But that purity to own and back yourself is where your great gifts come from. So if you're listening to this or you're watching us on YouTube, we want to remind you, don't just hear us talking, but go, wow, you know, how much time am I taking to to navigate away from what I think I should be doing and really listening? Because I probably have some magic that sits with inside me. And if I just put all the shoulds and have tos aside, you know, with, with kind of mindset, that is your most important um, investment in self is learning to discern the difference between your subconscious ego mind and your true self. Because when you can master that, that's where the magic lies. And then knowing, as Alex just said, it's not about perfection. It's just about knowing that once you're on that journey, you can't get off. I mean, I've tried. There's just, you're in it. There's just, if you're not doing it, it doesn't feel right. But chances are you're listening to this because you're going to be pioneering something. So that means you're at the pointy end of the triangle and there's not going to be any evidence of what you're about to do. So you're going to have to be brave. So what did you say to people when, what gave you the confidence to not listen to those uh, negative uh, shiny object and just stay true to you? How did you have the conviction to stay true to yourself? 
That's a very good question because to be honest, during all my life, I made my decisions. So it's really, it's really I was able to tune out the noise from other people that wants you to do what they think is good. And I feel the only tool that I use that helped me so much is visualization. Yeah. I was so, I'm, even today, I'm so convinced that I would just continue to be the number one and become the number one relationship expert in the world. I can see myself. So everyone that people will say to me or everything sorry, that people will say to me, it doesn't really matter. So when you can visualize yourself doing it day after day, you will be able to just protect yourself, even from people that wants to do, that wants to take care of you. But you don't have to always listen to them. So yeah. visualization was, is the tool that I'm still using every single day. So I think just a little recap on a couple of points to take away as we do this journey of yours uh, is number one, trust that little calling, that little beacon in the sky, I call it like a satellite beeping, that tiny, tiny, tiny sound gets stronger as long as you tilt towards it. But it will probably mean that you will be saying no and turning your back on everything that everyone else is doing. That's when you know you're onto something, right? And then don't wing it. So the difference is I talk about three things, awareness, action, and attitude. They have to be the trifecta. You can't just do a vision board or a mood board and then not put the action in and then not embody the attitude. So you embody the attitude of I back myself, I take my work seriously, I have the highest level of professionalism because I treat myself as number one. So anyone wanting to do anything, it's about embodying those activities and those attitudes. You can't just hope for it to work out. You need to embody those attitudes. And in your work now, you've gone global. So are you living in Miami or France? I'm living in Miami, actually. Fancy, the nice uh, (laughs) bright clothes and the flamingos. Not really, to be honest. I just moved to Miami because my cousin is living here and I needed support. When I first came to the US, I didn't speak English. So, and this is maybe one of the few podcasts I've done. So I'm still working on it. I'm still learning a lot. So I needed support. It was difficult to be away from my family, my friends. And I was pretty established in France when I moved to the US. So yeah, not fancy lifestyle for me. (laughs) And that, that thing about your vulnerability to go, you need support. As a man, you know, I think women are really good at talking face to face to each other. And men generally do things side by side. You know, you'll play basketball, you'll go to golf, you'll, you'll do something. And that's kind of where the conversations happen. With your level of awareness, did you witness friends around you that have, you know, not had the successful thing that have failed and tried to reach out to them? And, and how did you help your friends in their journey sometimes? Because not everyone gets a pro sports career introduction at 15, right? So, yes. so have you seen examples of people that perhaps you look at and you think that's a shame because if only they could reach out or accept help, it would be different? Yes, because what I learned from my journey is you can't help someone that don't want to receive help. You cannot, you know, my best friend is just very different, right? He's an artist in his world and I love him so much. But the way he's trying to build his career, I know he can do a little bit better. But if I give him advice, he will not take it. So 
I just want him to come to me and I will be there for you, of course, or for him, sorry. But trying to talk to him, trying to, it's not, it's, it was not uh, working. It didn't give any results. So I let people come to me. And I, what, what I realized is women are more open to ask for help. Men, we are on here, we have this ego. And when I talk to you about the fact that I was, I was scared going to the US and being by myself and I felt lonely, I never said that to anyone in this time. You know, I had to stay strong. I had to be the man. But today I can reflect because it's been five years. I'm doing this podcast. I want to tell everyone that we all come to this journey with sometimes we're in depression and then we need to just climb to the top. We need to breathe. We need to just make it work. So I was not like this five years ago. But today I have this, I work on myself too, that I can, I can seek and ask for help. And can I throw in a curveball to our discussion? I have a pet peeve. I call it the tic-tac moment, which is everyone goes to these big kind of self-help seminars and they buy all the books, they listen to the podcasts, they go and do the the multi-level marketing, the face creams, the supplements, or they'll go and do an Anthony Robbins or whatever. And they'll come out and they'll come out of that three-day seminar. And then all of a sudden, they're an expert and they go and they give the books to their friends. And they, but, you know, I think at the moment the ability to hold a safe place for your private journey is essential. And the best way to help another person is to lead by example. The best way to help your partner is to lead by example and create space for them to come to you and start having the truth conversations. And one of the things I wanted to get you on the show was, and I can't wait for our next episode, is to talk about truth, okay? Because we love this word in society. We all talk about it now, but we have not been taught how to discover our truth, let alone how to share it without conflict. And that is where the fear kicks in, the anxiety, the blame, shame, guilt, and the manipulation, which is a sales tactic, uh, which is where the overly used term narcissism comes from or everything else. You know, this kind of emotional leveling all the time, the mind games and everything else. The worst person you can play mind games with is yourself. So I think the first thing I'd like you to do if you're listening to Alex right now is remember that if you are going on your journey, you do decide to follow either of us and you do want to be in the driver's seat, harness your results first, because just by being you, you will inspire those around you. But as soon as you go to preach uh, unwanted advice, that's not going to help anyone. And then ask yourself, are you taking care of your side of the street? Because gossip and judgment comes from projection. And that's, I think, in society. Uh, which is a very dangerous dynamic we need to shift. And as leaders, I believe it's an important conversation. It's not just in the schoolyard, it's in the business room, it's around family tables, that if, you know, someone is to go to see a coach, they should be like, well done, how's it going? Not like, you know, God, I couldn't tell you that, you know. So there's a fear of people losing control when someone's growing. Would you say that's true? That's true. That's very true. Everything that you're saying is so powerful. And it gives us, the people that are listening, even myself, this idea of we can live for dreams. This is something that nobody would tell you, would tell you in this society. Uh, I don't know if it's the same in New Zealand, Australia, but basically when you grow up in France, you have to go to school to get this job. And that's it. That's your only journey. And first of all, to start with basketball, then as this career as an entrepreneur, I just break the rules mm-hmm. and I feel that you need to create your own rules. If you want to be working in a big company, just do it. If you want to be an entrepreneur, do it. If you want to become an athlete, just do it. But 
you need to create your own truth. That's very important. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, you, I always said to you, Alex, when you come on the show, I want this to be different. I want people not just to go, yeah, I totally agree, but we want you to listen and go, what's one thing you can do after this episode which takes action? So I always, I'll, I'll put this on the show notes. I have a thing called the, the reality matrix that I've made. You know, you and I make up our IP. I make all my models. That's where all my books have come from. So you set your goal. You check, is that goal resonant? Would I fight Alex and Nikki for that goal? Do I really want it? If you don't really want it, get it off the list, right? And then go, what are the actions required for that goal to actually be a reality? List as many as you can. And then what is the attitude required? What is the mindset required for that goal to actually be a reality? And then I have a fourth column. And that column is the check column. That's your accountability column. Every day you check that thing, you go, have I done an action and am I displaying and embodying the attitudes of being X, Y, Z? Because if you don't close that loop and know your actions, align your attitude and check in with yourself and your self-conversation and the use of your 1,440 minutes a day, then it's never going to happen. I call it a hope project. I don't do hope projects. So what Alex and I want you to do from this thing is realize that even though Alex already had a little fire in his belly and he knew it was different and he had this conversation and art of charisma to drive forward without really knowing how he just did it, you too have the same ability to do that. All you need to do is gather the tools and then use them. Don't consume and consume and consume episodes and shows and YouTube for hours and not apply anything. So I think the gap in society is we've got the awareness, but we're not applying the truth. How do you feel about that in, from your side? I feel it's completely right. You know, um, we love to get the info, but we don't know how to do it. And we love to say something. I, I'm sure you have heard this sentence a lot. Yes, but you will use the word but for everything. Yes, but you know, my work is taking all of my energy. Yes, but you know, with kids, it's not easy. Guys, everyone can change. And you need to focus on one action at a time. You know, at least this is my philosophy. One action at a time. Maybe you go to the gym. Maybe you, you start to say to your parents that you love them. Maybe you will start to tell yourself, I stopped to listening to other people. And I want to focus on my goals. And you start to visualize your goals and your dreams. But everyone will listen to the same thing. Everyone will read the same books. There is no magical tips. It's all about how do you apply them and how do you love to apply them, which is the attitude, because that's become your things. You will use our advice and then you will create your own source. This is the magic trick. You have to use it and you have to personalize what we are saying. A hundred percent. And that brings a completion of really this whole message today, which is you know, be inspired by other people, but always resonate with what your goal is and you will find it. But it means pausing and just listening to that. The satellite beep of your mission might be tiny. It might just be doot, 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 and you might not know, but all you have to do is trust all the time. You can't just trust when it's convenient. You can't trust when it goes well. You have to surrender and have faith and put the work in. You can't sit back and go, I've manifested it and meditated for 20 minutes and then look around and wait for someone to hand you a box of a million dollars. There is no substitute for hard work, correct? But that hard work that you've done, Alex, is now leading you to 
you know, your show is going, are you doing uh, any masterclasses online now with the company as you, as you can't travel or? Yes, we are building the process to do now masterclass online because as you said, I can't travel. I'm doing a lot of lives also with my YouTube communities and I have also to manage the team. So I'm working, working pretty hard, even if it's the COVID situation. And what's been your biggest challenge managing your team, even though you've got a very reflective team of you? I think you've also got that skill with how have you navigated reaching those productivity challenges and getting your vision across to people that are are thinking inside this box? I think my biggest challenge is as a leader, you always have to be on the top. You always have to have the best energy. You have to, you always have to show, you have to lead by example. And this is the most difficult challenges for me. I was talking to my best friend um, during the day and I told him, I cannot have a day where I'm not feeling good because my team would just pick it up and then everything would be messed up. So that's my biggest challenging. And I'm not sure that I, to be honest, overcome it yet. So the only one thing that I just realized is you need to keep people motivated. And it's not only about money. And I was very bad. That's funny for a relationship expert, but I was very bad to give compliments. It's not my love languages. I'm good at uh, offering gifts, you know, talking to people. I'm good at uh, act of service, meaning if they need me, I will respond all the time. But to say to someone, you are doing a good job. What you're doing is very important for me or for the company or for the clients. I was bad. So what I did is every week, I have an alarm on my phone and I know that I need to talk to my team and every single one and tell them what I lacked and what they did during this week. Because it's not natural, I had to find a way to challenge myself. And that created a lot of conflicts before. They were telling me, but Alex, you're always asking for more. You're always complaining. And you never say, this is a good job. And I realized that that was not part of my education worlds were very restricted. So I just decided to change it. So I I truly believe that our ability to evolve creates a collective revolution. And in any relationship, whether you're listening to this, if you're a leader of a team, if you're a mom, a dad, or you're in a relationship in the partnership, listening to when people tell you what they need, listening to that and being willing to set an alarm on your phone that says, give Nikki a compliment this week, or what are the wins and grins? I call them wins and grins when I coach my leaders. I say, always do the wins and grins. The grins are a little bit like, oh, we could do that differently. We've got to laugh about it. But setting a reminder on your phone, being willing to go, you are significant to me enough that I have to go. I would grow. So if you're listening to this, there's always room to grow. It doesn't mean that how you are is bad, but we have to be willing to evolve and to hear others and know that there's neurodiversity. So what works for Alex would work differently for me. And that's where we get beautiful teams because they're all different. But as leaders and as partners and as lovers and as parents, your kids are individuals too. And they need the respect to you understand what lights those little humans up. Uh, is it X, you know, the love languages are the same at work as at home because it's about connecting to someone, that genuine connection. So on the show today with Alex, you know, it was really a pleasure to deep dive with you and hear about your upbringing. And, you know, I miss Paris, I used to live in Europe for 10 years. So, and also beautifully have you reveal that along this journey, 
the fears of imposter syndrome and not being taken seriously. Yeah. And then that was what I was looking you for. You two yeah. had friends that were like, Alex, this is so stupid, but you did it anyway, because that can be really confronting. And I'm sure that for people listening to the show today, you have given them an added accountability to go, well, it's actually just about giving it a go and following that. So let's always three pieces of advice, just pop, but, but take away, what do you want people to do straight after this episode? I will also do the show links and where they can find you, but just heartfelt, get shit done from Alex. What do you say? So number one, I want to make sure that you have the good environment, just about the people. So there is people that you can talk to because they will support you. And there is people that everything you say, it's not that they don't trust you. Maybe they are just scared for you. It just just don't talk about your project goals. It could be professional, it could be personal. So you have to follow the people that are giving you good energy. Yeah. So try to do this exercise. You just jot all the names on the paper and you tell if it's good or bad energy. And you know, when you have to confess to someone, you know who you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Tips number one. Tips number two, I'm a true believer into visualization. When you close your eyes and you visualize yourself in five years, 10 years, 15 years, just try to find something that is very special for you. And if you do it every single day, it will start to change your attitude and you will have some actions in mind. So you will have this just best possible actions and behavior. So visualization is very, very important for me. And number three, what I would recommend you to do is just to repeat a positive sentence for yourself. Why? Because during the difficult time, when I did it, when I repeat to myself, I'm a good coach, I'm a good person, I have strong values, I know I will succeed. Just creating this um, habit just changed my life. So I wanted to share it with you with one last sentence because what is, this is just the reason why I'm doing it. I want you to do everything you like before a moment that will make you suffer. So if I have done what I'm doing now, Before to lose my father, I would have changed completely my life with the better. So don't wait to live a bad experience. Don't let, don't wait for something difficult to make you change. Because today with Nikki, with all the resources in this world, you are able to change today without waiting for something difficult that will just destroy you in a sense and maybe change your life also. Yeah, I love that. You know, I I just I feel so thrilled to have I was speaking with a friend of mine the other day. She's like an outstanding achiever. She's like world known and won so many different titles. But I said to her, there's always room for more of us to keep saying the same thing because the more of us that can say the same thing, the more impact and the more ripple effect. So whether you go to Alex or you come to me or you go to someone else that will probably be able to really build a community of truth and of accountability and of support because we know what it's like when you go from the void of the safe zone to uh, Mm -hmm. really reaching your potential. There's this kind of like, you know, you're in space and you're like, ah, and you you can't backpedal because the, the door's shut. So we'll be here for you. It's okay to take a leap of faith, but if you don't leap, you won't fly. And we're giving you the tools to go, just do these three things. And if you want to leave a comment below in the description box on YouTube or on the blog, the show notes, you, we will answer your questions. I know Alex is exactly the same 
It's me with, we are here for you. You can rely on us. That's the type of people we are, not just coaches. That's how we're built. And we have a purpose to ensure that you have the tools to not stay in excuses because there is no suffering required. There is no life-changing event required. It is purely a shift in coordinates inside yourself. And then putting yourself in the driver's seat and going, I'm no longer a person that life does stuff to. After today's episode with Alex and Nikki, I'm going to do things with my life. And I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to go, what do I really want? What are the actions required to get there? What is the attitude? And then do the energy check. I called it the traffic light system. Who's green, amber, and red in your world? Who are in flow, supporting you? Who's kind of, yeah, I don't really know where they sit. Who are the red zone? With It's like, you know, don't invest energy in dream stealers and people that don't get you. It's not your job to convince them. And if they happen to be in your family, just say less and leave it alone. And visualization is a tool I think athletes get taught, but unfortunately we as normal humans, you know, I've got an athletic background as well. It is so vital for you to be number one in your life, not in the world, in your life to truly know what you want. Otherwise you'll get what you're given. So dare to define it. And then speaking that positive sentence every day, if you have to put a post-it note on your bathroom mirror to remind yourself or set it on your phone, you have to commit to what you say you're going to do. You have to follow through. And, you know, Alex, thank you so much for sharing your journey. And that's such a personal insight to such a brilliant man. And I love it. You can find Alex on the FrenchRelationshipExpert.com. He's also on YouTube. Uh, you just type in Alex Comon, C-O-R-M-O-N-T, on socials, everywhere as well. I'll put everything in the show notes. And most importantly, we hope we inspired you today, whether you're leading in a multinational organization or you're just trying to have a great relationship to truly align with what you want because no more time like the present. So Alex, thank you so much. Thank you for asking questions. I always think it's interesting when you have these really good conversations to just dive a bit deeper, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for the people that will listen to this episode. I hope you will understand my French accent. <laughs> Well, it was perfect. It's a beautiful long episode, so you can dive in and out as you need, and um, we'll see if we can come up with some shorter versions of it too. Most importantly, you can find Alex Comment on the FrenchRelationshipExpert.com. I'm Nikki Fogdenmore, the Mojo Maker. You can find me on the Mojo Maker podcast or through podcast channels for free, YouTube, Vitality Coach TV, VitalityCoach.com.au for the blog. Just hit the description box below. If you need anything, we're here to help. And remember, you're in the driver's seat of your life, so you stay healthy, wealthy, and wise. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we'd love your review on iTunes, or you can jump online to thevitalitycoach.com.au. For more from Nikki, to sign up for the Monday Mojo, and the Vitality Coach TV on YouTube.